Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training. Recently, some of my friends have been sending me pictures and posts and videos of different coaches and athletes being critical of certain types of warm-ups. So today I want to go through what the different types of warm-ups are that you would do before typically a lifting session is what they're being critical of, what each of those types of warm-ups does for you or doesn't do for you, and try to clear up some of the controversy over something that shouldn't be controversial because warming up is so individual and it really depends on what you're doing and what your goals are and people I think are being critical about certain types of warming up mainly for the sake of trying to get more likes on their posts or more views just because they're saying something that kind of sounds inflammatory by saying you if you have to take this long to warm up there's something wrong or if you have to do XYZ before you squat then something's wrong it's really more of the same stuff that we see on social media where people are just trying to get likes or or follows or reposts because they're saying something that's so concrete and so black and white when there's really so much gray area when it comes to training and that stuff is so individual and at the end of the day why are you being so critical on something that somebody's doing if they're not hurting themselves if they're wasting their time by doing something in a warm-up that's their time to waste that's the way I see it. So uh, there's kind of my preface to it. I feel like I always come in or I always end things with kind of saying, well, it depends. So I want to start out by saying, you know what? It really depends, but I want to get into the specifics to help you maximize your time in the gym and let you know some things that, yeah, you know what? You probably don't need to be doing that for that long, but uh, here's some other ways of warming up that may help you accomplish your stated goal that you have in the gym. So uh, starting with warm-ups or types of warm-ups, we have the cardiovascular warm-up or cardiorespiratory warm-up. And this is where you get on a bike or a rower or maybe you go for a jog. You're doing something to get your heart rate up, your breathing rate up, and your body temperature up. Doing this is going to be a good warm-up for either doing other cardio or lifting or an active recovery session. It's great because it kind of gets everything moving. Now, you don't have to be on a machine to do this. I prefer to do a dynamic warm-up. This is what we do with everyone who trains with us at Straight Shot. We typically have them do things like arm swings, leg swings, you know, maybe side shuffles, walking lunges, just something that's gonna raise the body temperature. You wanna have your muscles warm before you start doing a lot with them. So the cardiovascular warm-up, it, it's great for just about anything you're gonna be doing because you wanna have your body temperature elevated. You don't wanna go into stuff cold, but it doesn't need to be super long. You don't need to do you know 20 minutes of cardio before you get going. If you're doing a sprinting session, we're gonna have your heart rate really, really high and your breathing rate's gonna be elevated. You're gonna be working at a, a very high intensity. It actually is better to do a little bit longer of a cardiovascular warm-up. If you're gonna be lifting, just, just something that's gonna get you a little out of breath, a little bit sweaty, and get your heart rate up before you start lifting. A foam rolling is the next type of warm-up or soft tissue work. This is, this is probably the most controversial type of, of warm-up because it's actually something that's better suited for you as a cool-down. When you foam roll and when you use the lacrosse ball, you, tend, you relax the muscle that you are working on and you don't want to lift with relaxed muscles. It kind, of, it kind of defeats the point. So if you want to foam roll, it's better to do it at the end of your workout or on your active recovery day. However, I will say, if you can't get into a position due to a muscular restriction, so let's say you can't get into a deep squat because your calves are so tight, 
If you foam roll your calves prior to lifting and you can get into a better position, then foam rolling is a good warm up. So here's where it's one of those it depends things because if you have full range of motion and full mobility, there's no reason to foam roll prior to your workout. But if you can't even get into the positions that you want to hit while you're working out, maybe you need to foam roll. Yeah, you could foam roll your thoracic spine if you have trouble getting into a front rack position on a front squat or a good overhead position. You might need to foam roll your lats just to get into a good overhead position. So people are very critical of foam rolling because there are studies that show that it decreases the power output to the muscles that you are you know, mashing or rolling with whatever implement you're using. Same thing with the Theraguns, uh, those percussors. The, uh, the massagers that people use in the gym, those are the, it's just the same thing as foam rolling or lacrosse ball work where you are relaxing a muscle, but if you have you know, pretty severe mobility restrictions, you might need to do that before you start working out. So that's one of the ones where you don't feel like you need to do it if you have full mobility, but if you don't, it's not a bad option um, if you're not concerned uh, so much about the numbers you're trying to hit in that workout. Now, something that might be a better option for you if you have mobility restrictions and you need to hit positions during your workout uh, would be some type of mobilization. And before we get to mobilizations, I want to make sure there's a difference between stretching and mobilizations. So with stretching, your static stretching particularly, you're just pulling a uh, a joint or pulling a bone <laughs> like you're uh, like grabbing your leg and pulling it up to try to stretch your hamstring. You're just grabbing bones to stretch muscles and just holding them there. And a lot of people think that you need to stretch prior to lifting so you don't get hurt. And there's no science behind that. In fact, same thing. It decreases the power output of the muscle if you're stretching it like that because it has to relax in order to be stretched and then you go try to lift with it and it's not going to work for you as, as well as it would um, if it were warmed up better. Um, through maybe some stabilization work, which we'll talk about in a second. So static stretching really isn't something you need to be doing before you work out. Uh, it's not necessarily going to hurt you, but you might not be able to perform your best uh, if you just sit there stretching your hamstrings before you uh, start squatting or deadlifting. Uh, it's definitely going to make it actually harder for you to lift uh, if you overstretch. Stretching is something if you want to do it, you can do it on your off days, your recovery days. It's great when combined with foam rolling. So you foam roll first and then you stretch afterwards if you're trying to increase the extensibility of, of a muscle or trying to increase your range of motion in a joint. There's certain activities and uh, sports where you do need to do static stretching to be more flexible. So think, you know, uh, ballet or cheerleading or gymnastics, things where you have to hit these really tough end range positions, you do have to stretch. So I'm not going to say don't stretch because that's the other thing that's been happening recently is everyone's like, you don't need to stretch. Stop stretching. Stop stretching. Stop stretching. It, it still comes back to it depends on what your goal is and what you're trying to do. For some things, you do have to stretch to get more range of motion. And a lot of the mobilizations that I'm going to talk about in a second really are just kind of just newer takes on the classic stretching concept. It's just different in the, the ways that you apply them. So stretching, think you're just stretching a muscle. Mobilizations, on the other hand, are where you're doing stretching type activities with the goal of enhancing certain positions that you're gonna to try to hit in your workout. So rather than just stretch your hamstrings, you get into a deadlift position. So uh, you're gonna reach down and pick something up off the floor. Lock your fingers underneath your toes with bent knees. And then with your fingers locked there, slowly try to straighten out your legs and then bend them. 
and you're gonna be moving in and out of the stretch. It's gonna help you loosen up your hamstrings a little bit so that whenever you go to pick the bar off the floor, it's not gonna feel so uh, tight in that bottom position. Another good stretch is to sit in the bottom of a squat, or sorry, another good mobilization. See, look, I'm already mixing up the words. Uh, sit into the bottom of a squat, and while you're at the bottom of a squat, alternately reach up overhead with one of your arms. So you're rotating your thoracic spine to reach up overhead, and then reach up on the other side. So you're sitting down low in a squat and reaching side to side. You could also sit into a really wide squat and sit side to side. You could, uh, let's see what's another good one. Oh, and like an overhead mobilization. Grab onto uh, a bar or something overhead and lean into an overhead stretch and lean side to side to catch some of your lats to stretch them out a little bit. You're trying to mobilize your positions of restriction you're going to contract the muscle and relax it. You might uh, hold into a tight position, breathe in and out as you're contracting and relaxing the muscle. So it's much more active than just grabbing a, a, a bone and pulling it to stretch a muscle. Mobilizations are, are more of, you're trying to improve positions that you're gonna be in in your workouts. And we do use these um, throughout the straight shot program, but it's, it's most of the time, it's going to be one, maybe two, things that we think are most important for that athlete or if it's on the straight shot subscription program, uh, the, the most common restricted position that people have in the workouts. And we're gonna have them hit that position or that mobilization to improve that position. But again, it's, it's something that's gonna take two, three minutes. It's really not a long time. And if you don't need to do it, you don't need to do it. I don't do a lot of mobilizations prior to lifting. Uh, I will for my hips before I squat, and that's about it. I, I don't need to do mobilizations to hit good overhead positions, a good bench press or dip position, a good deadlift position. Uh, and a lot of that is because when I train, I train with full range of motion. So if you train with full ranges of motion, you don't need to do as many mobilizations. However, when people first start lifting, a lot of times they're so restricted in their range of motion, they do have to do more mobilizations just to be able to hit good positions while they're lifting. So that's the difference between mobilizations and stretching. The final piece, the final piece of warm-ups that you could do, especially if you're going to be doing a lifting warm-up. Actually, I have my athletes do this before any type of activity, and this is some type of stability work. And this has gotten more popular recently. The, the term for it is prehab or prehabilitation. So think rehab exercises that you would do in physical therapy, but you do them before you get hurt, so that you can actually. Uh, be in better positions while you lift, you're more stable, you're less likely to get into a bad position. I, I wouldn't call them uh, injury prevention. I've kind of strayed away from using that term because that people get this false sense of, well, I did my prehab so I won't get hurt while I'm lifting. Um, so I would, um, I would prefer to call them uh, stabilization enhancement exercises, um, but prehab is the general term that we use for them. Uh, because these are exercises that you would typically do in a rehab setting. So think rotator cuff stability drills, uh, ankle range of motion st and stability drills, hip range of motion and stability drills, core stability drills, uh, thoracic spine extension rotation exercises, all things that are going to help you not only, it's like the mobilizations will help you physically get into the positions, but the prehab exercises and stability exercises will actually help you move in and out of those positions with control the entire time. So those are great for people who have both a combination, and most people do, a combination of mobility restrictions and stability issues. 
So just because you can get into a position doesn't mean that you have control of it. And a lot of people, the reason why they can't get into a position might not be a stability issue. It, I mean, a, a mobility issue, it may be a stability issue. So your overhead position might not be and when I say overhead position, I mean both arms raising overhead. Can you get them beside your ears without your arms being pulled forward? If you can't get into that position, it might not just be the fact that you have tight traps and tight levator scap and tight lats. It might also be because you have very weak middle trapezius muscles and very weak rotator cuff musculature to be able to hold that position overhead. So that's why I'm, I'm a huge fan of doing prehab or stability exercises in your warm-up. So typical warm-up, for my athletes would be some type of dynamic warm-up to accomplish those cardiovascular warm-up goals and get your heart rate up a little bit, get you breathing, get you sweating a little bit. And then maybe one or maybe two mobilizations specific to the lifts we're going to be doing that day. And then two or three prehab exercises to build stability and, and make sure that you know exactly how to hold the positions that we're going to be doing that you're gonna be doing during the workout. So all of this should take 10 minutes, some people 15 minutes. And that might sound like a long time to warm up, but if you think about it, for a lot of the people that, especially who start out training, doing the movements that, that we do with straight shot, we're squatting, we're lunging, we're deadlifting, we're pressing and pulling overhead, we're pushing forward and backwards out in front of us, we're twisting, we are flexing, extending, and we're stabilizing. And we're also doing a lot of carrying. So there's the there's the movements that you see when you train with, with one of us at Straight Shot. And a lot of people, when they start training with us, these movements are new to them. So if we have you know this chance to teach someone how to control their end ranges of, of motion at each joint in a controlled atmosphere in the prehab, they're more likely to have success with those big movements once we, once we get them to the workout. And here's where I'll get into now, you know, warm-ups being individual. As you progress, you might need to do less of a warm-up. In the beginning, you might need more of a warm-up. So it's going to depend on who you are, what your level is, uh, how much warming up you personally feel like you need because warming up is also psychological. It helps you, you make this transition between maybe working or school or something and your workout and you need that time to make that good transition so that you can put forth full focus both physically and mentally into your workout. So warm-ups are individual and then there's this need to versus want to when it comes to your workout or your warm-up. So how much warming up do you really need to do before you start lifting? You need to figure out what, what that is for you or you're going to be working with a coach who's going to help you figure that out need to versus want to, if I have more time, I might warm up longer because there's a specific thing I want to do in my warm up that's actually kind of part of my workout. So for a lot of you who maybe you have good range of motion on your squat, but you lack good stability in your feet, or you have good range of motion in your overhead press, but you lack a little bit of core stability, you could do extra stuff in your warm up if you have time to not just get you ready for that lift, but make improvements in that area because you're breaking it down into a smaller section for you to focus on rather than throwing it into the rest of the movement. There's a whole lot going on in a squat, right? So if you're trying to improve your foot position on your squat, plus make sure you have good knee, align knee alignment, plus make sure that you are hitting good positions in your hip and in your back, 
If you're trying to make improvements on your foot position, maybe spending some time before you squat on your feet would help you out if you have the time to. So that would be, this is the need to versus want to portion of warming up. How much do you need and how much would you like to do? This could also be broken down into, I wrote, I wrote this down the other day when I, someone sent me this, uh, one of those posts about, about warming or being critical about warming up. I was thinking, well, what is necessary versus what is optimal? So what do you have to do in order to be able to hit good positions while you're working out? And what type of warm-up is going to help you perform your absolute best that session to hit you know, a new PR or to run faster than you ever had before or to get a good time on a workout if you're, if you're doing a CrossFit workout or something? What, what is optimal? It takes me back to when I used to compete in CrossFit where I would typically have the warm-up that I would do before a lifting session, but when it came time for competing, I would have a very specific, decently long warm-up that I knew would have me completely ready to just turn everything on when it came time to, to compete. And that was my optimal warm-up. But most of the time, when I only had an hour to train, I just had to do what was necessary to warm up prior to the lift. So figure out what is necessary for you in your warm-ups and what's optimal. If you have more time, what kinds of things would you want to work on? For me, I'm always trying to better the stability of my feet because I don't really have arches. I don't have high arches at all. So if I have more time, I spend a lot of time working on, on foot drills uh, and hip drills. Whereas on uh, days when I don't have as much time, I know, okay, I'm not squatting barefoot and wearing my lifting shoes here. I have good enough range of motion in my ankles and my hips. I'm just going to do a quick warm up to make sure that all the muscles are turned on, warm and ready, and we're going to go ahead and start squatting. So figure out what's optimal for you and then also figure out what's necessary. So you have these kind of two options to go to depending on how much time you have to work out. So again, it comes down to, it's so individual. I really don't think coaches should be so critical of people who want to spend more time warming up. If someone says that they don't have time for the rest of their workout because they're spending so long warming up, like I, I just, I don't have time to get all these lifts in because my warm up takes me half an hour. Then I would look at your warm up and, and figure out, are there some ways that you can make it more efficient? But I'm not gonna be so critical of someone for moving in the gym because they're doing something that's a waste of time if they are if they're accomplishing their goals and they understand you know what they're doing in their warm-up i'm not going to be critical of them what i do want to make sure that you that you don't do is don't do a warm-up just because you think you need to figure out why it is you that you need to do that type of warming up figure out whether or not it works for you, try doing it, try not doing it, see how it works, and figure out what's your necessary warm-up and what's your optimal warm-up, what's your need to versus what's your have to. And when it comes to coaches and athletes, just because somebody doesn't warm up like you does not mean that they are doing something wrong. It just means they're doing it differently than you. And if they wanna waste their, if you say they're wasting their time, if they wanna waste their time, that's their time to waste. I feel like everyone, Everyone is so worried about what other people are doing. Just worry about what you're doing. Just do you. If you're a coach, you need to understand that the types of things that you're putting out online, people take very seriously. So when I say warm-ups are individual, I absolutely mean that. And I want to help you figure out what warm-up is, is good for you. I want to try to not be, and I know I have been this way in the past as a young coach, I don't want to be so black and white because this isn't a black and white issue. This is a 
it's individual. You have to figure out what's going to work for you and what's optimal for you and what's necessary for you, what's your need to versus what's your have to when it comes to warming up. So this is a, this is another issue that doesn't need to be controversial. It's like moderation that I talked about a while back. I don't understand why we fight about dumb stuff. <laughs> there we go. So there's that. We'll end on that. Don't fight about dumb stuff, okay? You do you, let somebody else do them. Figure out what works for you, what works for you might not work for somebody else, and what works for somebody else might not work for you. If you have questions about your warmups, or if what you're doing is beneficial, or if you want to ask of what, you know, what types of warmups should I be doing for this type of activity, we would love to help you out at Straight Shot. You can follow us on social media using the handle at Straight Shot Training. You can send me an email, johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, at straightshottraining.com. Uh, if you have a second to go check out our website, we have a new website. You can meet all the other trainers who work with me here at Straight Shot. Uh, we've got some more stuff. Every week we're adding more stuff to the website, so keep checking back. Uh, our website is www.straightshottraining.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. If you have uh, any more questions, again, what, however you want to get a hold of us, uh, we would love to help you out. If you have a second that you could leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on, I would really appreciate it. It helps more people hear the podcast. Uh, if you can share this with your friends, that would also help us out as well. Thank you again so much for listening and have a great week, everybody. Thank you.